And I'm going to press the button again. Are you ready? Yep. It's the Wednesday show. Yay! <laughs> And there we have it, Mrs. Ryan. Awesome. We are back. Nope, oh, sort of. There we go. <laughs> and we've got somebody we have to impress today. So the pressure's on, the pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, man. He's in the other room. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Today is Wednesday, July 31st, 2019. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans. This is It's Tonight's Show. Our guest this evening is Mark Leneau. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about with him, but so far he's been a handful. <laughs> I'll just say that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, he's going to uh, have this host on his toes for sure. And I think Mrs. Ryan, he might be a little nicer to you. <laughs> Who knows? His voice reminds me of one of my favorite people, Who's Louis that? Black. So, well, wait a second. Now, the little together. research I did, yeah, was that they worked together. Yeah, so I can't wait to talk to him about that because it's all I hear in my head. I don't hear the voice, but now that you mentioned it, certainly the things that are being said, I, yeah. fe I feel like for, perhaps at some point he may have been the voice of Louis Black. Correct. The tone is very similar. I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, for everybody else, um, welcome back to a nice top of show here. We made some screw-ups, whatever. Uh, here, This is where brevity takes over. Whatever. Some stuff you didn't see yesterday, you're going to see right now. Mrs. Ryan, how was your weekend? Awesome. The weekend was lovely to see everyone. Yeah, it was. It was a great weekend. We left you previously. We had Breakfast Club on Friday, and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. We have a video to play about it, but we came home to some pretty rotten news, and that was that one of our good driving friends, uh, a fellow Breakfast Clubber, uh, Derek T., had passed away, and um, it just sort of took everybody by surprise, just gutted us. He was a young guy, 25, I think, 24, 25, something like that, and uh, a hell of a driver, had a hell of a future in front of him. And, um, you know, life is what it is, full of mysteries, and uh, we love you, pal, we miss you, pal. That's, um, it's a shitty thing. I'm almost glad that that all got lost yesterday, because I'd rather cover it with a little less emotion. <laughs> yeah, same. That's a good way to look at it. Um, but so with that, we had a lovely weekend, uh, despite that news. Saturday, we had a fantastic Porsche barbecue, and we need to thank Daria and Michael Montijo, as well as the kids and the rest of the hosts of that family. Um, Fantastic, fantastic time, right? Such great a good food, time. Great company. Great company. Great we clubs, all needed obviously. it. And so it was so nice to have a place to already plan to go. Yeah, it was wild to have that on the books the day after finding out our friend suddenly died. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was weird. It was like, a, oh, we would have all probably would have wanted to get together anyway, and yet we wouldn't have done it. We all would have been home doing our own things. And it was just to have that community was really, really nice. It's fantastic. Um, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. And then the rest of the weekend was great. We had uh, Cars and Coffee Los Angeles, and uh, there was more stuff, but uh, blowing through it. Brevity, brevity, Mrs. Ryan. I have a video for okay. Breakfast Club. Do you want to watch it? Yes, please. All right. Here we go here. This is from Friday of last week. Roll it out.
Yeah. You know the drill. Yes, I do. All good. I think that's my... So, How you doing, Mrs. Ryan? That was so nice. I'm not crying. Less as tears much today. As yesterday. Less tears. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love you, Derek. Uh, but that was a great time up at Breakfast Club. Now, Mrs. Ryan, I've got some East Coast feeds that we have to blow through because we have more to do tomorrow as well. So <laughs> I have three I have to get through. They're all extremely brief. Okay. And they Let's all see. take place at Ridgefield BMW. There's a bunch of stuff going on at Ridgefield BMW. Some hijinks. <laughs> all right, let's check in. Take a look. East Coast feed, Danbury Chive. Checking at Richfield BMW. Roll it, Hal. Mr. Mr. Ryan, good morning. Steve Kaz reporting live East Coast feed. Just, I'm walking through the parking lot like I do every day, about to pull a car up, and, and I come across this. What would you think you see when you see this right behind me? <laughs> bouncy house? We have a fucking bouncy house at work? Uh, a little weird. Uh, last I checked, looks like a bouncy house. Not a bouncy house, though, right? Yeah, no, we're gonna no bouncy houses at BMW. Apparently, they're gonna be doing some paint work in there, but looks like a bouncy house. It's fucking strange. The weirdest shit you find here. Love you guys. <laughs> All right, straight back to BMW. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Ryan. Steve Kaz reporting East Coast Feed, coming to you live first thing in the morning before 7 a.m. on a Friday. You can start your day off wonderful when they drop off this car right back there with a tow truck, and the tow truck driver gets a little too close and does this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not going to bump out. That's, 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 it looks pretty fucking bad. So, happy Friday, everybody. It's going to be a good day. All right, later. <laughs> oh, jeez. There we go. Uh, all right, now I have one more. This one's my favorite. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know. The, this, to me, says the future. Roll it, Hal. So we're sitting here live in a car with the geniuses because um, we have an issue with one of our five series loaner cars. Um, can you show them what it is? Can we show them on the, on the can we pull it up here? It looks like we have uh, right here, right here, that one. It's a uh, porn. Yeah, 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 porn. <laughs> this porn on our dashboard. We don't know how it happened, but uh, apparently someone hacked into the car. God, I love this. It's so much fun. Car business, everybody. Gotta love it. I know it's not Porsche, but we have some fun at BMW, too. Uh, oh how gosh. about that? Oh, boys and their toys. That is so aggressive. So somebody hacked a service loaner to play porn, like, in the, you know, in the hard drive of the computer of the thing. Where the maps are. I mean, really. I don't know. This is the future, though. I mean, if these things are car, if all the cars are computers and computers are hackable... I mean, this is what we have to deal with. Yeah, now. no more pop ups. No more screens. I'm over it. Car. I'm over it. Over it. <laughs> like our guest, crazy. I'm going to walk everywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, that's uh, everything I have. I've moved through everything. It's time to that ask the question that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? <laughs> JLo got a Porsche for her 50th birthday. Holy crap. Thanks to A Rod. One, I didn't know she was 50. 
How's that? J Lo's right? fifty. That's the news. And then she yeah. got a Porsche. What'd she get? Uh, a 2019 911 GTS. Oh, okay. Red. Nice. That's fast. Yeah, it's yeah, the new right down the middle. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it they're was... all fast. You know that yeah, our old uh, yeah. car's fast. As I was saying, that I was like, duh. Um, but it's like uh, it, she apparently hasn't driven in 25 years. So her big <laughs> takeaway <laughs> is that Arod gave her her doing. independence back. Oh, that's with sweet. a Porsche. So I, of course, high five. Right, because she couldn't previously have a vehicle, right? Couldn't afford one? Is that what it is? Yeah. She was broke. Oh, I see. No, she just didn't drive herself. She didn't like you. Yeah, I'm sure American Idol was giving her cars, and I'm sure everybody else. You know what I'm saying? But you know when we used to do that stuff. Everybody's got drivers. So now she has a Porsche. Nice. Congrats, J-Lo. And what's the guy? A-Rod? A-Rod and J-Lo. Yeah. And they made license plates in Florida for her that said J-Lo. What is their thing? Remember it was like... I don't remember what it was when she was with Mark Anthony, but what is their thing? J-Rod or something oh, weird. Oh, it's J-Rod. Something gross. Something weird. It's my nickname. No, <laughs> um, all right. I thought A-Lo. Like, A-Lo. <laughs> no. Um, the new... I don't think so. Go ahead. The new thing is... <laughs> today's my day for that. Um, the new thing is vaporizing trash. Okay. Uh, it's not to get rid of recyclables and combustibles and all that, but... Why else for, would we do it? Well, the reasoning that they're saying is that it's for everything else. It's 4,000 degrees and they only inject uh, steam like they do to make steel. Mm-hmm. So they're using it to make clean fuel and all that stuff. Okay. Bill Gates is involved. I think it sounds neat. I'm not I sure about trust it. Him. He's, a, he's a smart fella. I just finally Same. watched the Melinda Gates Letterman, uh, whatever the Letterman show is. My Nick guest, my next guest needs no introduction. Oh, just watched that last night. It's quite good. Bill's in it as well. Oh, I want as is it. this set right here. This set exactly what we're looking at is also in that episode. Well, when Bill Gates was sitting at it when he was on the show in the nineties. Well, good for them. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm going to be quick and cut out the last one. But this great story that I read. About everyone asks me all the time. They think we're madly in love, and of course we are. Well, I, yes, I mean yes, but it, it yes, of course. But love the Instagram is, that people see is not every day. I mean, we we we're a married couple. We love each other very much, but of course there are issues. There are days. There are days and things, and so everyone wants a quick fix. Like they want to be set uh, up with like given someone, and it's right. like here's the thing. I think that sounds nice. But the real way to find love is knowing yourself and knowing the work that's going to have to go into it. So being open to things is open kind of the name way. of the game. And so this woman, in they, were, they started in Portugal. They were on vacation, this couple, and her name's Anna and his name's Sean. Um, but they were he's from Boston and she was living uh, in Portugal. And within a year, they were both living in Boston by happenstance. And, so, and they ended up getting married. Oh, wow. And so it's the work that goes into like long distance and figuring things out, like priorities, what's important. And so this story was awesome. Another interesting tidbit for us is that we didn't start here. We didn't start madly in love. I mean, like a lot of most people, that's how it starts. Oh, you get the puppy love and, the, and then the honeymoon period and all that stuff. Like we didn't have that. We were sort of like, eh, this will make sense one day. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're both broken and busted and totally damaged right now, but someday we're going to work through our shit and this is going to work. We're going to be and so that's happy kinda, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a, a decade later and a shit ton of work, <laughs> that's where we've gotten. So 
I don't know. I mean, there is no quick way for anything in life. You have to do the work. And that, to me, is what part of the show is all about. It's like, you got to do the work. Yeah, that's what stuck out to me about that story. Her flight got canceled. And instead of being curmudgeonly and, like, bitchy about it, she ended up finding love and Bravo. marrying this dude. So What's it's her name? everywhere. It, it, Anna. Anna and Sean from Portugal. Boston. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Enjoy. Oh, and that's been what's going on, Mrs. Ryan. All right, I have one more thing before we break, and it's going to be brief, but okay, got to mention it because it's time, Mrs. Ryan. It's can you time. hand me the sharpie? That's oh, never mind. I have it right here. I'm sorry. Okay, I got... we did this yesterday. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Dave Watch. That's right. It's uh, official. We mentioned last week that we are going after David Letterman as a guest on this program. And today is the 31st, and that denotes another day of not hearing from Dave. (laughs) It's only been a week, but I will tell you that uh, we're going to stay up on this, and we're going to do it every damn day until it happens. Every day. The uh, the Letterman Show back in the old days, in the 80s, they did this with Donahue, and then in the 90s or maybe 2000s, they did it with Oprah. Oprah. So I'm just pulling a move out of their own playbook. It's great. Eventually it will work. I think so, too, and I'm going to personally are the one I'm going to go after. He's the only one we know. That yeah. knows Dave. There and it's the way to do it, man. We all Calling all cars, I think I said. Calling all cars. All right, so that's it. Mrs. Ryan, time to take a break. Yeah. Get our guest in here, Mark Leno, who's been sitting very, very patiently after walking to Starbucks to get a coffee. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, in a few more minutes, Mark Leno will be sitting in that chair right there. More to come right after this. digital that's right it's the future it is definitely the future holy cow well let's do it we're sitting oh, oh. here with mark lano how are you well, mark? first of all it's mark lano oh my gosh i'm so yeah, sorry i am that's the end of my career well it's the end of my interview maybe uh it could be i just got to tell you something so i'm sitting out in the in the living room mm-hmm. the lobby whatever you want to call it and i noticed the screen has incredibly great visuals mm-hmm. Very calming. Yes. And you want this show to be funny. Oh, really? Really? I, I only fell asleep once. Good. It was after they went. Where were we? In Dubai? What there was we? a Dubai one probably. This is the, they're the Apple, Apple TV screensavers that you were looking at. Oh, is that it's it? Not, nothing that we created. It's just what the TV well, does I, when it's static. I didn't when it's think static. you did the fly over the earth. <laughs> I'm a drone pilot as well. <laughs> I, I, I got it. I got it. I, I went, wow, he's quite a flyer. Now you know. <laughs> he's really spacey. He's really what it is. Um, all right. Well, starting with mispronouncing your name, what else should we know about you that I've gotten wrong thus far? Thus far? Uh, 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 very little. Okay. <laughs> Except I didn't go to Starbucks. Oh, coffee bean. Oh, my Thank goodness you, gracious. coffee bean. Mrs. Ryan sent me left and right rather than <laughs> left and left. Right? It's walkable. The one near Bob's is not. But you do know we're in the valley. Yeah. And you do know the heat in the valley. Yes. And I, because it's such a formal show, put a jacket on. <laughs> I walked amazing. three blocks what is it, 107 outside it's now? It might be close to it. Yeah, very close. So anyway, I won't need a shower. I'll just need a little soap. But there you go. Yeah. All right. Out. All right, so now that we have the correct coffee establishment, yes, that was important, I know for sure. Uh, I want to find out why you're here today because I've mispronounced your name. And when I looked you up, because some information was given to me, obviously, you should be sitting in this chair, not me. So 
Um, I don't know where to even begin. How I, about comedy? How'd you get into comedy? Can we start with that? That was a mistake. Okay. And uh, I doing it or asking the question? I, both. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I started out as an actor. Uh, I snuck into HB Studio. What's uh, HB? A, a, a Herbert Berghoff Uta Hagen. Okay. Uh, One Twenty Bank Street in New York. I was eleven years old. Holy shit! And you could only be th- you had to be thirteen to work. No, to get into the school because that was the teenage class. Oh, I see. So I, see. I lied, and then my mom backed me up. The one good thing she did for me, <laughs> she backed me up. So I got in, and um, the first show I did was Elaine May's Name of a Soup, which is you're not going to remember. Directed by Bill Hickey. Okay. And. Um, was Elaine May's it, later part of a comedy duo? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Nichols and May. Right. You, you remember them? You're uh, too young. To no, no, y- I don't remember them. We had a guest here, Kathy Ladman, who said that she was. They were Kathy very. Kathy insp- Ladman. They were very inspirational. in the show my wife and I wrote. Then this is all coming around. Jews, She's the one that said I should look them up, and I did, and their material's fantastic. Ju- oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Jews, Christians, and screwing Stalin. We, <laughs> we just did that show with Kathy Ladman as the grandmother. On, at the Matrix on Melrose what, nice. four or five months ago. Fantastic. Yeah, we I didn't wrote know it, yours. I directed it. Yeah, it was really good. We got some great reviews, and Kathy's fantastic. Agreed. Yeah, I really love that great. lady. She's a funny lady. And uh, Anyway, so um, I was in that show, and then from there I started to do a little work. It was a workshop, you know, a writer's workshop. And but then, you're learning at 11 years old. Yes, and then I went to... Uh, I started to audition. I was uh, 18. I was going to say 17, but that would be a lie. I was 18 <laughs> years old, and um, I auditioned for a place called Totem Pole Playhouse uh, for an apprentice. I knew nothing, nothing. I come from Coney Island, Brighton Beach, as oh, south wow. Brooklyn as you can get. A little bit more south, you're in the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say you're wet. Yeah, you're wet. That's correct. Anyway, so I auditioned. Uh, Gene Stapleton was, it was the wife of the man who ran it, Bill Putch. And, um, now, I said, always get him confused. Was she Edith or was she uh, the sister? No, no, she was Maureen Edith. Stedith. Yeah. Uh, no, no. She was right. Edith. Oh, okay, she was. Yeah, okay. she was Edith. Great. And, um, well, she was in a gazillion things on Broadway. Of course. And Incredibly so talented. she said, you are really great. You got the job. I'm 17 years old. Great. See, I lied again. I was 18. I 18, thought, I right. Thought. And I went, oh, fantastic. And then she said, and I'm sure you know it's $100 a week. And I said, oh, fantastic. I, I, could, I could make it $100 a week. It's fine. No, no. She said, no, you pay us. It was pay and to I, play. I, I, this is a kid. What year is this? From Holy Brighton smokes. Fifth Street. And I went, no, no, apprentice. I went for an apprentice in legit theater. I said, oh, I, I got it. I have to pay you. Y- yes. I can't do that. Um, thank you. And I left. Crying. Yeah. Out into the, into the hinterlands, on the subway, all the way back to the house. Got to the house. And my grandmother uh, actually brought me up, which is a whole other story. And my grandmother said, with a very heavy accent, someone called. Mm. And I called him back. And it was Jean, and she said, we've decided to pay you the $100. Whoa. Whoa. So that was my first job. So you went for an apprenticeship. You left with a scholarship. I went, left with a – yeah, well, I guess it was a scholarship, yeah. And I, I, I worked there a couple of years. And actually, their kids are uh, John Paul Putch, which I love the name. 
how they got around the the apprenticeship the the uh, um, uh, uh, situation of paying was the I had to do things outside to earn the money. Okay. So I babysat for their kids, and so it was John Paul Putch. And Pamela Putch, who's vice president of CBS now. Holy smokes. And John wow. Paul Putch, who's a director. Wow. Really great people. So, Oh, that's wild. So that's how I started in show business. That was the original question. Sure, how I you got into comedy, but that's even better. I, well, yeah, I, I, I don't remember that well. So two or three minutes go by, fading, <laughs> fading. So um, anyway, so that was the first one. And then uh, through... Auditions and through being in school and and so on, I did Equity Library Theater on Broadway and I did uh, all kinds of work. And then my wife and I, then I met my wife in the studio. We formed an improv group called Off the Wall, not Mm. to be confused with the Off the Wall here. And um, our partner was Henry Winkler. Oh, another local. Love that guy. A good little, uh, good. I don't know, three years, three or four years. Um, Was he? Do you know him currently? Well, was he the same I back then? I want to know if he that forgetful. He's one of our absolute favorite people in the world. And, okay. And I'm curious if he was always – we almost think he's magic. We almost wonder if he was that way the whole time. <laughs> We've met him. Yeah, he's just magic. In, incredibly kind and warm and an energy that I hadn't yes. felt around other people. Yes. Yeah. There is a warmth about Henry. Yes. But we never replaced people. <laughs> so we had this eight group. Just got we were very – no, no. got smaller and smaller. <laughs> so, you know, it went from eight – to seven, to six, to five, to four. Finally, it was three. Oh, I see, because people would pe- leave. They would and leave, then, but you they'd get repl- jobs. I see, I see. You know, and me and my wife <laughs> and Henry sure. for a while would hang out, and, and we'd look around, and we'd go, okay, we got more, more stage time, more stage time. And then, so it wound up to be three of us. Henry left to do the funds. Well, actually, to just go to Hollywood. And uh, we replaced him with... A, a guy named Jeffrey Lampert, who is, I think, still a producer at Village Roadshow, I think. And then we started to work as an improv group in nightclubs. So we opened for Maynard Ferguson. We opened for Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Holy we shit. opened for Dolly Parton. Wow. Uh, we started at... Um, but doing a completely bot- different... We really did improv for money. Did they get it? In front of people. It was just the two of you. Well, it was three with Jeffrey Lambert. Okay. By then, it was three of us. But were they getting it? Yes, Fantastic. we were actually good. And the way, and one of the funny things is, so we worked the bottom line, and uh, the Pepper Brothers, Alan Pepper, he calls me up, and we're not working there that week. And he goes, "I got an act. You have to, you have to come see." And I went, "Okay, Alan, we'll come see." You know, because they had a really funky rock and they had country and western and it was a, okay okay alan we'll come like so you didn't we go know what down you and it's see, a though. woman at that point no one knew who she was named dolly parton and i do a little research i go oh man it's a country <laughs> and western singer what do we got jesus we got three jews two jews and a wop and we're gonna go see a country <laughs> western this is not gonna work out well so we go and we see this woman walk out on stage, and blow us away. I have never seen anyone on stage with the warmth and the personality and the talent. The material doesn't matter. She's got it. She's got it. And so anyway, 
And then we worked all the clubs up and down the East Coast. But we, you know, but then I, I did all kinds of shows. I did oh, like more than 50 shows in New York. I did uh, Happy Birthday, Wanda June at Center Stage in Baltimore before it was rat infested. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I heard about and that. that. So, and then, okay, so we were looking for a, we didn't want to keep running around and scrounging around jobs. So I came up with the idea of, taking over the Riviera Cafe on Christopher Street and 7th Avenue. It's okay. still there. Okay. And we're walking by. We were living in the village. We're walking by it, and I look in, and, and there are, like, windows on the street on 7th Avenue, and there were boxes in back of it. And I, and I to- turned to Joanne. I go, honey, what's that? Look at that. It's a, it's a room with crates and Let's go in and ask the guy if we can use it as a theater. She goes, what are you, fucking nuts? I just need a black box. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I go in. Boom. He goes, yeah, sure. And I negotiate hamburgers and a Coke. That's what he us. gets? That's what we got. Boy, you are good. <laughs> you know? 100 bucks, hamburger and a Coke. This is amazing. It's Turn a career. Yes. Okay, so. You got a neck. We go in and we become a huge hit. This is how we open the show. We're on 7th Avenue. Of course, we got rid of the boxes so people could actually watch us. We start on the other side of uh, 7th Avenue. Outside? Uh, Outside, in the street, across the street. We'd leave the windows open, and we have had about, I don't know, 60 people. It was a small house. And uh, we'd sing New York, New York, walking across the street through the traffic on 7th Avenue. This is your entrance. That's the entrance. (laughs) And we'd climb in the window. And begin the show. Okay, so that's the show's begins. We do the show. Did an hour. Didn't, did an hour. This is amazing. Someone on stage would say, you know, someone kept a, a, a clock on this, go, it's time, kids. Oh, okay, sorry. And we had set up a cab to come around at whatever time it was. And so we'd say, folks, it's really, we, we have another date we would climb back out the window where the cab would pull in. We'd get into the cab and it would pull away. And that would and be the scene. end of the show. And we did that for three years. Now, Chris Albrecht was up at uh, uh, running the club. No way. In New York on 44th and 9th Avenue. Because, HBO, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the president was the president of HBO. Bud Friedman only wanted Hollywood. So he... Left Chris improv in, by Freeman. In, yeah, okay. in in charge of the New York club. So Chris sends up a note, a, a, a missive, and he goes, "You know, we heard you great. Why don't you come down and do do the act here? And it, you know, if you'd like to work for us, we'll, we'll do that." We go up. He goes, "You guys are great." Blah blah blah. And we audition. Bud comes in. Uh, we audition. We get it. So, okay. So now we're regulars at the Improv on Forty Fourth and Ninth Avenue. A friend of ours, Madeline Kahn, gets to do gotcha, um, uh, 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 Young Frankenstein. Ugh, and she says, hey, you know, guys, I'm going out to California. Why don't you come out, hang out with me for a week or two. You'll have a vacation. I'll have someone out there to hang out with. Okay. <laughs> we mentioned it to our agent. He said, what a great idea. I have a co-agent in California, why don't you drop in, say hello, maybe right he'll home. send you and send you out, you'll get a job, you'll pay for the vacation. Great idea. Whole trip, sure. 
Mike Rosen, Dade Rosen, there was no Schultz then. That's what the agency became. I go in. We talk a little. He goes, you want to go up huh? for, for a movie? He said, well, no, this is a television show. It's a pilot. Oh, wow. And I, sitting in his office, become panicked. I go, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I've only done live stage, you know, television and movies. That's a whole other thing. You can deal with an audience, but all that technical yeah, junk. Yeah, it's yeah. all around. Okay, okay. I go to the audition. <laughs> and um, it's a setup like this with a desk. And I have to answer a phone prior to which I have to write a note. Chatter, 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 chatter. Begin to write the note. Phone rings, reach for the phone with the pencil in my hand, pick up the phone, and the pencil goes up my nose. This is absolutely true. (laughs) I have the pencil. Thank God it went up. Eraser Eraser first. first. That's all I want to know. You know. Because I'm, I'm I, wouldn't be look, I wouldn't be looking at you through my right eye right now. I was throwing up in my mouth a little bit, yeah. knowing what's okay. up there. Okay, so right. Okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not quite so sure it's brains you're talking to me. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I walk out, and I am humiliated. I am, uh, you know, now by now, I was probably 27. I was about 27, 28, and I've been in showbiz. I mean, I've been in showbiz a long time, but I've been working for 10 years or nine years. I go back to the house. We were living with my aunt, you know, while, and I, I, I again, I cry. I cry a lot. Um, and I, I go, That's I true. don't believe this. It's how humiliating. I've done, what have I done? Two, 300. I put the pencil up my nose. <laughs> I am quitting show business. You know, my wife is going, Mark, you're going a little overboard. Time I go, no, up. I can't. No, I'm not doing this again. This is too painful. The phone rings. Hello. I got the job. And it was a thing called Spencer's Pilot. And those were, Spencer's Pilot was the name of the sure, show. Sure, Yeah, it was about a flying school. Oh, I see. Yeah, it, so yeah. it was wasn't even the first episode. That just happens to be the name of the guy. That's who right. Is the, that's yeah, correct. Sure. It was just a, a, an episode. It was sure. nothing. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't even know what an episode was. So, uh, Television. So I never stopped working. From that point on, we, we oh, came back. Shit. I got, um, I got uh, Thank God It's Friday, the movie, the star in the movie with Donna Summer and the Commodores. I was the accountant. And then um, we, we came back to, to New York. I had to fly out to shoot the movie, started auditioning again, and my agent says, now it's Michael is my agent. Oh, we're buddies. Yeah. So I, I call. So he says, you know, there's a, there's a, a show that uh, Joan Rivers wrote. It's uh, the first hour comedy. I go, oh, Joan Rivers? You know, I know Joan. He goes, you know Joan Rivers? How do you know Joan Rivers? I wait tables when I'm off and I have no work. You know, I'm, I'm married. I, <laughs> I got to make a living. I wait tables at a place called Pips in Sheepshead Bay, and it's a club where a lot of comics break in because... I it's not there anymore, is it? No, no, it's, yeah. it's gone. Long Island, right? Uh, well, Sheepshead Bay. It's on its way to Long Island. Okay. Right next to Joe's Clam Bar. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... I wouldn't have been to this place. I'm just, I remember its existence is okay. all I meant. Well, like way. the Nassau Coliseum. Not there right. anymore, well, but I best, remember it. Be, right. Best friend of... Uh, of um, Rodney Dangerfield was the owner. Oh, wow. So Rodney broke his act in there. 
Joan Broker Act. Is Governor still on the on the? Uh, the Governors used to be out there too. I hate to keep interrupting your story. Oh no, no, go- Governors is, further, is out. further out okay. on the island. Okay. This isn't really the island. This is still really Brooklyn. almost Queens. It's Canarsie. Yeah, oh, I see. Okay, you know, sure. It's like a little bit. I don't even know. Is that south of Canarsie? Okay. I think it's south. There's it's not some, a whole lot there. It, no, it's something. It, there's a direction of which it is in <laughs> reference to Canarsie. <laughs> it's either south, north, east, or west. It's my of, fault. That was my speed bump. Of, Please, by all of, means. Of Canarsie. Okay, so, um, so, so she and Edgar would come in. We were open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, husband. and that was her husband, right? They every night for months they do the act. They'd go upstairs. George lived above the store, and they rewrite whatever they could. She'd come down, redo it, go up, do it for months. Okay, so I honing. go honing, honing, okay, changing a, a word, right. a comma, a Tightening pause. It. They're Tightening. working on it that whole yeah. time for months. Okay. So we got to know them. You know, we'd come in early. They'd be there. Or, you know, whatever. All right. So now I'm sitting in the lobby of CBS. Waiting to go in, thinking nothing of Joan Rivers, and in walks Joan Rivers. She passes me right by, doesn't like, you know, and it doesn't really, by now it's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And she comes back, sticks her head around the corner, she goes, Mark? Wow. I go, oh, yeah, hi. Hi, what are you doing here? Well, I'm auditioning for your show. You're an actor? Yeah. You good? I think so. Oh, okay. And then she walks in. They call people in. They call me in. This guy's in the right place at the right time. I'll tell you that. I do the reading. I do the reading. Silence. Dead silence. My stomach falls through the floor. Oh. She said, "Uh, could you read? And Hal Dresner is there. There are a whole bunch of people in the room. Could you do the other scene? Yeah. I do the other scene. Dead silence. Dead <laughs> silence. Not nothing. So I go, okay, thank you. I go, thank you. You're used to working with an audience, too. Get nothing. Nothing. nothing back. There are like eight people. No energy. Seven, no feedback. Oh, I go, thank you. Ba boom. I walk out. I walk down the hall. As I'm reaching for the door, this is not directed. She sticks her head out the room. You got the show, Mark, and closes the door. And so I was the lover in Husbands, Wives, and Lovers. Nice. Nice, nice. And anyway, I didn't stop working for five years, six years, literally. Wow. And then... Not only only on that show. That show didn't go that long. A bunch of things. All kinds of things. You know, I was even going to be at one point uh, co-star with Harvey Corman on the Harvey Corman show, but he, shit. he he quit the show before it went on the air. I've had some great opportunities. You and got the last laugh. Totally. Okay. So anyway, Harvey Corman from the Carol Burnett show and everything. So great. So so great. husbands. Uh, now here here is what is called a circuitous show business story. Husbands, wives, and lovers. Does actually very well. We have a 19 rating, which means 19 million people are watching us every week. In what year is this? 77. It's still a damn good number. You know, oh, deal. no, no. no I mean, there's three channels and PBS and whatever, but the, but, or UHF, but that, that was a, still a damn good number. The cut point was 20, and oh. they dropped us. 
Okay, they dropped us. Just under. Wow. Yeah. And David Jacobs sees the show, the man from Dallas, you know, Knott's Landing. Mm-hmm. David Jacobs sees... He was a spelling type of guy, right? Just different shows. Different, he... But he was that one of those mogul guys. But he was mogul. He, like, had four of the biggest hits of those years. So he creates a thing called Knott's Landing, which is based on Husbands, Wives, and Lovers. It's a cul-de-sac. I remember the show. more than one family, blah, blah, blah. It was a Desperate Housewives. I have a stepdaughter. I have a stepdaughter, Claudia Lano, who is now... Um, a, a, a big writer at NBC Universal. And She's going to be here, right? We're getting her back. Yeah. Okay, great. She was supposed to be here, and I had to have a wisdom tooth pulled, I believe. Oh, so that's she my will, she will be here. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah, she was going to be here last week. Sometimes not so nice, but uh, usually <laughs> okay. nice. I just, you have to be very careful. <laughs> so, Where are you uh, tread lightly? So, <laughs> any, okay, so my agent says. Would you would Claudia like to go up to do this show? It's an audition, and they're, they're looking for Michelle Lee's daughter, you know, and she's got to be uh, 14. Michelle, Michelle, the actress Michelle, from the uh, actress. Herbie Lovebug and everything? Yeah. No kidding. She's, you know, I don't know. Let's, I'll talk, we'll talk to her. I'll, yeah, I'll talk to her. So now we sit her down. Because Claudia, we were itinerant actors. We had no money, and we had this daughter, and we had, no babysitter, couldn't afford babies. She would come with us. And this is a little girl who we would walk into a club with off the wall, sit her down backstage, yeah. <laughs> talk to the techies and go, she will give you the light cue. When she says blackout, you, you black it out. How old was She's she? she was at, oh, no, this was before she was 14. We didn't. Yeah. She wasn't in Hollywood yet. We're, she was 10, She's good. 11, 9, you know, in that, those years. <laughs> this is the vaudeville rules. Like, everybody's part of the yeah. show. And so, you know, these guys looking. Yeah, yeah, right. And one night, we're <laughs> actually on stage, and either Joanne or I come out with a killer line. The audience goes nuts. And I hear Claudia go, blackout. No, very quietly. That's right. Showmanship. She and, knows showmanship. And nothing. She goes, blackout. <laughs> and the, nothing. And she goes, blackout. I said, black. <laughs> this is an 11-year-old. Actually, she said, blackout. I said, blackout. Boom. The guy never missed a blackout. You know, boom. Okay. After that. So that's the little girl. So we sit her down. Now, Claudia, Michael would like to send you up for some shows. But you have to know this is show business, and you're going to get rejected. You're not going to get all the shots. You may get one or two, but you're not. But they're not rejecting you as a person, right? You're not right. You're not too tall, too old. Why do you talk to her? Okay. She got the first four shows she got, (laughs) of which she was Michelle Lee's daughter for the next seven years. Wow. The bitterness that Joanne and I (laughs) held for this little girl. (laughs) We worked our asses off, and she walked in. Hi. And her first show was, uh, what was it? She did a musical with uh, Mary Tyler Moore. It was a musical where she played the niece. She played Mary Tyler Moore's niece who ran away to be in show business. I mean, really like these incredible jobs. Okay, so that was it. So wait, there was a purpose for this story. <laughs> I, I'm I, never, I think the whole thing is amazing. I'm just going along for the ride. Okay, so oh, oh, so I know where I was going. <laughs> so anyway, 
he puts Knott's Landing on. Oh, that's right. He puts on Dallas, and all the ethnics on TV go away. And my constant work disappears. I am now jobless. Jobless. Now, my wife had become a stand-up comic because Off the Wall broke up. I moved to California. I didn't move to California, but I started working. We had to move to California with Claudia, blah, blah, blah. No work for me. Wife working. But only because Falcon Crest, all of us, I mean, uh, 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 and uh, not landing. And well, not to, all and of Dallas a sudden whitewashed the, the, the. All the all of those ethnic shows went away. It this took, is when I, mean, I discovered television at this time, late 70s. Right. So this is like, I, I did not know this. This is just what I thought was the time. Right. There are no Jews on Dynasty. <laughs> Just let's be honest. No, I get it. And, got, but I'm saying that me, uh, naive, didn't notice. Ah, well, no. But a lot of people don't. If you're in the business, you go, okay. Right, here, here later come, on. Here comes the blonde, blue I thought it was just people. the time. I didn't realize that they whitewashed it at that point. No, because anyway, they, okay. they all copy whatever's going. So now they're not doing. But in my mind, it was, I grew up with Benson and you know what yeah, I mean? things like well, that. That was later. It was later. That it was, was the later. 80s, that right. was the 80s. Well, so Sanford this kind of set the tone for. Right. Yeah. But that's okay. a sitcom. That's a different type of thing. It might, maybe one different. or two, yeah. but yeah. believe me, <laughs> to meet the, the landscape quota at the time, is white. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the landscape is white. Wow. So okay, okay. So I have nothing. Okay, Bud, my partner, later partner in the improv, gets a divorce, gives the <laughs> New York club to his wife, Chris Albrecht manages the New York club. Chris Albrecht is a friend. Chris Albrecht can't get along with Silver. Ah. Walks out. Just folds, packs up, goodbye, over. I'm not there. Calls me and says, you know, Bud's having trouble keeping the doors open. Let's buy him out. Holy, really? Are you kidding? Yeah, okay. I need a job. The New York improv. I need a job. No, Hollywood improv. Silver has the New York improv. Holy smokes. The New York improv. So that's is, done. That's, she's the got New York that, improv is having, keeping the Hollywood improv it, open because the, the money is flowing. Got it. She gets the New York money stops. but Right. L.A. takes off. L.A. No, no. L.A. No? didn't take off. Oh. No, that's why they can get it. Oh. That's why we can get it. Oh. Our, our, our history lessons are a little bit. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm off. Sorry yeah, about so, that. We both were. So we start negotiating with Bud. I mean, a long negotiation, a long. I um, I have the letter of inte- uh, inducement, the letter of inducement for Bird, September 1979. I have it with the dates because later on Bud tried to fudge the dates of when I became part That's of it. That's what happens. And he, he sidles up to me one day at the bar and he says, I don't want to sell. I went, really? Geez, what would make you think that? We've been negotiating six months, eight months. I mean, it's a forever thing. He says, and I've had Chris as my partner. I don't really want him anymore, but I'd like you as my partner. Oh. Oh. Hello. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, let me check. Somehow with Chris. you're still in. Well, I was still in because I, I was really naive. And I think he saw someone where he could control the situation and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm. I go to Chris. Chris says, to do it. Chris then becomes an agent, and then a manager, and then president of HBO. And I buy half the club, 40% of the club, 
And then I, then I realize, oh, this is in trouble. Oh, <laughs> and I begin to. I, then it's twenty four seven, seven days a week. First five years didn't take a vacation. Yeah, seven days a week. Start and, a new business. Yes, but and, but then we got the evening at the Improv on the air. And the, did you have something to do with that? Yeah, that's part I, of what got me into being a fan of comedy was watching all of those shows from any from oh, the evening uh, at the Improv. The to, first fifty two had um, had sketches up front where Dice Clay was the doorman. Do you? I remember, remember some of this stuff. I was the director of those sketches. No shit. For the it first, was almost like the SNL film it? unit. They would. It was that, separate from the. That's exactly right. I don't remember if we ran the whole fifty two, but we did a whole hunk of them. And so I was the director. Wow. And but that's not really what made the, that is what brought the the club's name to the attention of the United States. It was like one day you went to sleep and woke up the next day and the world fell in love with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't was, there then it was. Then it was. Yeah, right. I, I had the same we feeling. We were like this little niche art form called stand-up comedy <laughs> that like 20 people knew about and then we did the show. And we went from one show a night with sometimes guests, Joan Rivers being one of them on Wednesday nights, to keep the doors open to three shows a night, seven nights a week, 250 Whoa. people Holy each show. It went, it went That's bananas. bonkers. That's amazing. And my, Joanne, now I'm at the club literally all the time. All the time. And <laughs> Saturday night between second and third show, 250 people exiting, 250 people coming in. I am now directing traffic and trying to keep riots from happening. And she goes, Ma, we have to have a talk. I go, now? Now you need to have a talk with me? Are you kidding? Our relationship, we, I don't see you anymore. Joanne, not now, yep. later. I don't know if I can wait later. Later, I don't... There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people around me right now. Joanne, go away. Okay, but I'm coming back. Oh my God! And that—that's <laughs> absolutely true. But we did just celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's a, that's you know how we deal. did that? We don't talk to each other. Yeah, well I done. saw your comedy together. That, that was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. That's how I became owner of the improv. Wow. Holy smokes. And last night I tried to break in. I started to break in a stand-up act. I died. <laughs> I forgot how hard it is. Are you still part owner of the improv? No. We sold uh, to Irving Azoff um, a year ago, February? Yeah. Oh, okay. A year ago, February. Wait, we? So does Bud not own it anymore? Either? No, no. Oh, no. Bud, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Bud does not own it anymore. No, well, Bud, you know... But uh, had a stroke. Yeah. Well, so, it was, yeah. So anyway. Um, Things get reshuffled. I understand that. Yeah. And I, I was there 38 years, 39 years. And it's, um, it was time. It's, well, you know. it's probably a good time to sell it. I mean. Without question. Well. When I, when I look at what that place is now. Well, we sold 26 clubs. It wasn't just wow. Melrose. Oh, you the, the whole, whole improv chain. I, we sold the chain. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize that you were a participant in the whole chain. I didn't realize it was structured. No, that no, way. no. I was a partner. You wouldn't know it if you talked to my partner, but I was a partner. <laughs> the first night I'm there, he introduced me as his manager. 
And I just <laughs> went, I went, you know, oh Jack, my. I'd like you to meet my new manager. So I did the same and thing. I, and that I, wasn't intentional. You did this. When I called you a participant versus partner. Oh, yeah, that participant. Oh, I don't really care, to be honest with you. He's like, I was a 40% because, participant. Yes, that's right. 40% participant. That's a nice participant. <laughs> that's yeah. a nice piece. It's a nice piece. So anyway, yeah. I mean, there were so many ins and outs of that relationship. You, know. that's a, you must have seen so many people, though. 38 years over there? Yeah, I, pretty much every comic. There was a time, which is really amazing, there was a time that every, pretty close to every working comic in the United States started at our club. That is really amazing. I mean, every, it almost I, doesn't everyone. seem possible. It almost doesn't other... seem, there were a few who didn't start, but then did later, like Carlin didn't start at the club he was doing, but he came into work, sure. you know, but, and the reason was when Bud, uh, opened the club, it was on 44th and 9th Avenue, and it was really not a comics room. It was for singers who were on Broadway, because Silver was a Broadway dancer, and she wouldn't marry him, so the story goes, because he didn't have a way to make a living. And she said, if we're going to get married and have kids, you got to be able to bring money in. And she found this Vietnamese restaurant on 44th and 9th Avenue, Three hookers from the corner of Ninth Avenue is very close, and he opened this club where they would just come in at night. It wasn't open for lunch or anything. It opened at eight, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Hence the night you'd club. Come in for, it was a night club, mm-hmm. and you'd have coffee and cake. He'd buy the coffee and the cake from Smilers, which is a Seven <laughs> Eleven of New York. You know, it was. It wasn't. We're not talking about a moneymaker. Understood. But understood. The people who came in were Judy Garland, Liza wow. Manelli, Robert Klein. Anybody on Broadway would come in, and they would come in. Dick Cavett, He's not crazy. comics, but mostly singers. Or they'd be doing a show on Broadway. They'd stop in, and one night, a comic. <laughs> Dick Cavett, known for his falsetto. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, I right. I mean, really. <laughs> so intellectuals as well. Oh, yeah, but one night a comic comes in, and, you know, Bud, he just let people go up. It wasn't like, oh, you're good enough, you're not good enough. It was just, if you're on Broadway, you go up, whatever. And the guy says, would you mind if I go up? Are you doing a Broadway show? No, I'm not. I'm just, and I don't remember the name of the guy, but he goes up, and he kills. Not a big deal. Next day, Bud comes to open the club, like at four in the afternoon. There's a line of 50 comics outside waiting. And he's like, what are you doing here? Well, our friend, da-da-da, said that you let comics go on stage. Everyone's looking for stage time. He goes, oh, well, okay. So he now starts making a schedule, but he doesn't want to get rid of the business he already has. So it was like uh, four singers and a comic, four singers and a comic. But the comics kept coming. So then it was three singers and a comic, then two singers and a comic. Two comics, yeah. Then two comics and a singer, then five comics and one. Wow. And that was the turnover, and that's and, how But it when they first started, when he first started, it was like the piano player was Dustin Hoffman. Oh, my God. No the guy, oh, yeah. The guy, uh, uh, Al Pacino, I believe, painted the ceiling black. Can you believe it? You know. Uh, the shortest guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, these humongous stars. Yeah. But they were just hung out. They were just kids hanging out at the club. Passing time. Them, and passing time, and that's. 
That's really what they uh, magic. Yeah, it was magic. Then I got to know Bud. But anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, my, my whole background is around this stuff. I celebrate all of that. It's not just Letterman. It's Johnny Carson. It's Dick Cavett. It's, it's everybody. Merv Griffin. I can't, I can't – all the names. Mike well, Douglas. Carson used to come into the club. Johnny Carson. Obviously, we've got nods to Johnny all over the place Yes, here. absolutely. Um, massive fan and of that whole genre. You were in the same business when everybody was going to – I guess Comedy Store was the one they'd probably go to to try to get on Carson. Well, is that true? That's how it happened. Yeah. So we're in New York. I'm, we're not me, not me. Okay. Bud is in New York. Carson moves to Hollywood, but yeah, Bud 72. always wants to move to Hollywood. But Carson moves to Hollywood. There are no comedy clubs. There are no real clubs. Ice House was here, but the store and it's so far from town at the time. The Ice House at the time, forever, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, Sammy, who was the original owner, has this little club, little club next to uh, Ciro's. I believe it was Ciro's, right? That's the main room. Yes. Now the main room was Ciro's. I believe so, yes. Okay. And he, he gets divorced and gives it to Mitzi in the divorce. Carson moves, and she was a very good business lady, and she starts putting comics up, and now she's feeding comics to Carson, and, of course, the name grows and She grows became and grows. the assembly line, and right? And she became, yeah, she became the feeder, Bud comes out, he begins, because he has all the people coming out, too. There becomes a war between the two of them. But Now, I don't know if this story is true, but it's a phenomenal story, <laughs> even if it's not true. Lay it on us. Okay, so the bar for the comedy store and Ciro's is in the back of the comedy store, in behind the hallway that takes you into the main room now. Okay. And there's a door between the two. You're not talking about the com- the private the co- the uh, comics bar or whatever. Is that what you mean? Well, now now it's the comics. Okay, bar, but then okay, I know where but, you're talking yeah, okay. about. Okay, yes. there's a the men's room is to the right. If you're yes. looking at the wall, the entrance to the bar is right there, and then you go into Ciro's. Yes, there's a door between the two, and she's talking to. It's not Arthur Lugoff. I don't remember who the guy who owns Ciro's. Arthur Lugoff is in New York. Anyway. She says, you know, I'd like to buy, but I'm not selling. And one Friday night, she locks the door between the two clubs. And he can't. She did not. (laughs) Well, that's why I don't know if it's a real story, but I think it is. I've heard this story, too. You've heard this story? Yes. And he can't serve drinks. (laughs) And she says, sue me. He had the, she had the liquor license she, and the bar. That's right, and the bar. Yep. And Love he didn't even lady. have entrance. Right. She just locked the and door. who's going to buy a steak and entertainment without booze? Absolutely. You don't make money anyway. On a steak, you make $2. You can't. It's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And wow. he sold to her very quickly. I, I heard that, too, a long, long time ago. And it's one of those, yeah. like, whether it's lore or not, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic yeah, yeah, story, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, yeah it's but great. And then she was it. And then there was a war between the two of us and... You know, the, the two, two of oh, us. I, I wasn't a member of the two clubs. The, yeah, because uh, I was one of the people who organized the strike against the comedy store. This is long before I even thought of owning a nightclub. I was an actor. My wife was the comic. And if you ever have my wife on, she'll tell you the story of the strike. And I, you know, my family were, were uh, union organizers. So I put, this, I put the picket line together that ran for seven weeks, 24 hours a day. Of course you did. Of course I did, yes. It's in your blood. Yeah. That's right. And you know how it ended? <laughs> so, okay, so. All right, we'll I, pay you. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling Dreesen. I'm telling Dreesen. Tom you know, Dreesen? Yeah, because he was, and Jay 
all these, this, you know, how to how to kind of handle it from a political from a from a yeah from a political but from a union organizing point of view. And at that point, oh, it how was the, I see, after I see. after was having the national meeting at the Roosevelt Hotel. So I go, guys, go and get authorized by AFTRA. And then the picket line becomes sanctioned by the federal government. How do we do that? We'll just set up a meeting. You know, you'll go to one of their meetings, you'll make speeches, and they'll vote. Now, there was a reason we couldn't do it because we fell under AGVA, American Guild of Variety Artists. But AGVA has literally no weight. <laughs> And, and uh, so... After wasn't that far ahead back then, yeah, <laughs> compared to SAG. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, SAG was the, yeah. the it. After, so we go. Now, you have to understand, there's 250, 250 union representatives, organizers. So it's me, it's Dreesen. <laughs> Wait, that is important to realize. <laughs> That's who we're talking to. Not the to. picketers, the organizers. Of the union, yeah. of the national union. Yeah, yeah. And major stars, you know, anybody who was on television, if they were a rep, they were there. Okay. <laughs> so Biff Maynard, Argus Hamilton, wasn't Ali Joe Prater. There was another one of them. There was me, Dreesen, Joanne, George Miller, the comic. I love George Miller. He was great. Uh, okay, so when we rep the comics. All right, so we're sitting there. Biff Maynard gets up at the beginning. He's the first one to talk. And this is what he says to 250 union organizers. <laughs> he goes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having us here. But we have to really understand that stand-up comics aren't workers. They don't really have or should they have the rights that a regular worker has. And in the audience, you hear death and then an intake of oxygen so that no one faints. <gasps> Did he just say that? Okay. So I turn to Dreesen and I say, we just won. And Biff... As it goes on, no. Because he's got his foot in his mouth? He, yeah. Yeah, so I that's mean, how in his mouth. Yes, it's yes. in his mouth. It's coming out of yes, his ass. I'm with you. He can't, he can't get out of this one. I'm with you. He comes off the stage. He is pale. Okay, so we go through all the speeches, and I get, and we're out. We're now leaving. I run down. I say, I'm going to run back to the picket line and tell everybody what just happened. They haven't yet voted or anything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I kind of know because... We wound up not getting it because they couldn't. They couldn't authorize us. Anyway, I run back, and there's Jay. I park the car. I get out. Which, Jay Leno we're talking Jay, Yeah, okay. Jay Leno. Sorry. No, and I'm just making sure for everyone he, else. He's standing in the driveway. You know that little driveway that goes back to the parking lot? In where the, the back, comics park, yeah. Where the par yeah. yeah. And he goes, what, 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 what happened? What happened, Mark? What, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Jay, you're not going to believe this. And as I'm explaining what just happened... I hear a car behind me. And Jay goes, Mark, Biff is, is behind you. He's getting his car. I go, Shh, okay, okay. He says, well, just, uh, let's not move. Let's just stand here and bust his balls a little bit. Okay, Jay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he guns the car at us. He did not want to hit us. He did not, but he did gun the car at us. And literally, Jay and I stepped to the side he goes by us, and I hear, and Jay falls to the ground. 
oh my God, the, uh, uh, David runs over, Dreesen by now is parked, comes over, Joanne, everybody, Jay, Jay, are you okay? Are you okay? And Jay goes, yeah, I'm just fucking with him. Right, he slapped the, the side yeah, of the of course, car. Yeah. Okay, sure. slaps. The side. Saw that coming. Also, the personality. There is a law. There is a law from <laughs> 1932 or 33. I know what you're going to say. That if you hit, hurt, or kill a picketer, <laughs> you can be sued for your business. Mitzi knew that. I don't think it was five minutes. On you the had phone, to run right? all the way up. Not. No, physically, in front of us. Someone comes down, leans over to, to, um, to, um, to uh, Adreesen and to Letterman. Uh, Mitzi wants to talk to you. And within a half hour, the strike was over. Yeah, because you had the incident, you had the corroborative witnesses, oh, and it, then all it, of a sudden, that's it. It, there was, it was nothing. You yeah, know, it was yeah. So that was it, and we wanted makes to, me uh, put wanted a little to... more credence into that bar story, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know no, what I mean? No. It's Mitzi... just like one of those. She was so good at. Well, you said it best. She was a very good businesswoman. She was a very good businesswoman. If you get my wife on, she'll tell you what she really was. <laughs> you get your wife on. Let's get his wife on. Holy <laughs> yeah. cow! Yeah, I would love for Joanne to come on. Yeah, she say yeah. that. Um, it, 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 yeah. So anyway, that was we. I mean. <sighs> We're already well over the time, and I, I, oh. I could, I could, I mean, I didn't even get to ask you questions because I'm just sitting here, absolutely loving every second of it. Would you come back sometime? Would you please have your wife come back sometime? There's so much more I want to get to. If You're I come early, do I have to walk to? No, to, we'll be ready to, early we'll for really, you. You can come anytime. Okay. Uh, 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 your face is so familiar because of the wedding singer. Yes, of I was course, the, the wedding singer, the bride, and the wedding singer. Well, but and memorable experience, a memorable uh, uh, yes, scene. Yes, yes, <laughs> it, it was a memorable scene. Yes, there are a lot of things I did. I was an actor once. I know. <laughs> I, I don't see. Do I don't anymore. see all the stuff. I don't see all the stuff. So I don't every see once myself. in a while, there's something that, that that triggers. I remember when that movie came out. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Did uh, uh do you remember that experience from that movie? Oh yeah, sure. I can't remember if my friend either uh, or somebody I know either wrote it or he was just in it. But um, Who? Uh, Steve, and this is where I'm drawing a total blank. Uh, well, Brill, was... Steve Brill. Oh, Brill. Well, Brill's yeah. in it for sure. Yeah. I don't know if he wrote or directed that. No, one. No, sure. no, no, no. Directed. Oh, gee, I don't. Remember but he was he was definitely it. in it. I know that. Okay. A bunch of those. Yeah, but only I got it because Adam worked the club. And I... is that true? He oh, knew, yeah. So you, you like the Joan Rivers one? He, only, you got he it just that. called me. He said, you want to do the movie? I didn't even that. audition for that. He said, you want to do the movie? What is it? The wedding singer, you'll be the father of the bride. Okay. Show up Friday, 8 o'clock. That was it? Yeah, I didn't audition for that. Adam just gave it to me. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I asked him to have it as an ongoing character in all his movies, but he turned me down. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you could work that in. I know. I, I, <laughs> Here's this guy again. Yeah. Um, please come back some, uh, sometime. I, you I, got it. I didn't really get there, and I just sort of sat here like a fan. I hope that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. I'm such a fan of comedy. Hearing these stories from, from before my time, it's one of the reasons I do this. You know, I feel very I lucky. Could, I could tell you stories about... Uh, Rodney and uh, and George and I want to hear the, anything and everything because these are the guys I saluted. I met Rodney before he passed away, and it was it was he was not great, and it was one of the greatest yeah, nights I, of my life because I got to meet Rodney. You know what I mean? I used to smoke with Rodney. What smoke oh, camels, camels? Oh, I see. Camels. Well, Rodney, I, we can say this now that he's gone. He used to smoke a lot of pot. A did lot you know of that? that? Did you know? No, that? did he really? <laughs> he used to come into the club. 
constantly. What? Are you kidding? I was so naive. I'm uh, really blind. Oh, no, oh, but he, he would come into the club, <clears throat> not a joke, in a bathrobe, boxer shorts. You were lucky wh- you got boxer shorts. A white T-shirt and slippers and an Evian bottle in his pocket, but there was not. It's not wasn't right. water. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. I heard quite a few stories yeah. where there were no boxer shorts. Same robe, same oh. story. Oh, yeah. Just, I'm everything sure was hanging that's out. True, but he'd just, come <laughs> into the, it was almost he like he would fuck with you, like waiting for you to notice. Yeah, he, he'd come into the club. Well, we, I'm, I'm, if we're over, because I have all these stories that we maybe I should save it for the next time. Well, tell this one Rodney one, and then we'll get to the. the well, no, I was going to go into uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Beautiful. Next time. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Fantastic. Um, Mark Lano. Yes. Oh, good. Look at that, Ryan. Finally. You know, it's just Jay. Ryan's my last name. I figured since we'll get to that whole thing. I figured that was, but, you know, Jay is so common. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mark Lano, thank you so much for being here today. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, what do we have? Uh, oh, you know what? Are you on social media at all or anything like that? How would people yeah. follow you if they wanted to? Well, I, I, I do a lot of very political stuff on Facebook. Okay. Uh, obviously all of our, on that the, seems like all of my comic friends do. Do you know uh, Rick Overton? Do I know? Okay, let me go back to the beginning. <laughs> Six, how many years in this business? In off, off the wall for many years at the Improv in New York when Rick Overton was you don't even I don't know even you know if you know this Overton and Sullivan do you remember them? No. They were a double act Overton and Sullivan. No. At the Improv in New York. I didn't know that. Uh, well, who yeah. was the Sullivan? Obviously an Irish guy. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that was knows. his partner, Rick and Rick and. Yeah, I put. I mean, I put that much together. You know, uh, we we. I don't remember Dan Sullivan. I don't remember what his first name was, but it was Overton and Sullivan. Each and every one of your stories from both the improv and the comedy store that we were just exhibiting here right. uh, made me think of the television show uh, "I'm Dying Up Here." Did you see well, that, that was, Showtime yeah, show? But now it's not, a loose telling, of course. Very loose telling. But, but we Rick had a Overton lot more fun. Plays the uh, the the. Uh, Jim Mulcahy, uh, what's his name? Jim, uh, uh, the Tonight Show, Jim oh, McCauley character. Oh, well, uh, uh, a diving, a diving buddy of mine. We used to Jim McCauley dive. Jim McCauley, yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story with Jim uh, in the Ventura. I don't even know what they call it. You know where you you can't fish. <laughs> oh, there's the old Ventura a- can't fish. Yeah, you can- there's an area in the ocean you can't fish. It's like oh. a preserve. A reserve. Okay, I didn't know. And that. it's off of by the Channel Islands up there. Yeah, or yeah. And we would. I, I, I. These oh, I are bet it's because of the bases and everything, right? Because Point Wanimi is all uh, there. No, and Point I think Magoo. they're just trying to keep the kelp uh, oh, okay. uh, forests going and the fish. And Ecology we, we, and all. We we go down. We're not out on the ocean. Fifteen minutes. In gear. Boop. In the water. <laughs> There's a, a, a small fish. And then there's this very large fish. We're scuba diving. We're spear fishing. I go for the little fish. I get him, and the little fish goes to the left. Jim, I don't see the big fish. Jim goes for the big fish, gets him. It goes to the right. They go around us. We are now snarled up, right? Snarled up with these fish. We get up to the top. Now we have to get these fish in the boat. The little fish, you pick. In no big deal. The big fish took us twenty minutes to get out of the water. The two, I would say, two Jews, but Jim wasn't Jewish. 
and we can't get this fucking fish. It's a bluefish or a tuna or it something? It was, uh, no, I think it was a cod. I don't really know she a flounder. Was. It was huge. It was so big. There were photos of it. It came up to almost to my chest. Oh, my gosh. We fed people at the club for weeks <laughs> on that fish. And then we Oh, I bet it, it, if it was a cod, sure. Yeah. Fish and chips for a month. Absolutely. So, okay. We get in. We are exhausted. We were going to spend the whole day diving. We're there 45 minutes tops from in the water to out of the water. Jim looks and he goes, oh, my God. We're over the line. Oh, shit. Let's get out of here because we can't get – that fish was that big because no one was supposed to fish. Right. He's, he grew that old. He grew that, that old. spot. And we hightailed it out of there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Poachers. Had a lot of fun with it. We had That's a, a good story. <laughs> we were poachers. That's right. All right. You said uh, Facebook is the best place to get a hold of you on social media? If somebody Facebook. wants to follow you? Absolutely. Mark Lano. Very easy. L-O-N-O-W. Easy, Mrs. Ryan. Yeah. There you go. That's easy. All right. Tomorrow, Mrs. Ryan, who do we have? Jen. Oh, my gosh. It's the end of the week already. All right. Tomorrow is Thursday, and we've got G.I. Jen from Porsche. Cannot wait to see you. I know. Same here. Um, the Porsche Experience Center, if you've ever been there in Los Angeles, down in Carson, I guess, right off the 405 yeah. there. Uh, she's the one who runs it, basically. She's, uh, um, I don't know, she's very interesting. She's very awesome. She's a good friend of ours and a very big uh, mark in the Porsche industry. So yeah. you could have her in here. Mrs. Ryan, that's it, right? That's it as far I as I know. I love you very, very much. Mark Lano, we love you very, very much. You guys are great. Thank you very much for being here. a lot of fun. Here. You we, actually shut up most of the time. I was very impressed. We, let, <laughs> we love everyone at home. Thank you very, very much for watching. This guy got me. <laughs> have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.